my wife got me some uh some clothes. That's pretty much it. Uh, that's all I really get. I don't really get. Oh my bad. My volume working. I think it's working now. All right. So yeah, all I get is all I really get is clothes. I don't really get a lot. Um, I'm normally the one who spends all the money. I'm Daddy Claus. <laughs> Daddy Claus got to go to town to make sure the wife and kids is straight. You know what I mean? What's up, biracial Freddy Krueger? Shout out to biracial Freddy Krueger. So, I ain't really got much to talk about, y'all. I just wanted to hop on here, see how everybody's doing. See if there's any... Oh, am I muted? Oh, all right. See how everybody's doing. See if there's any uh, YouTube beef out there that I'm unaware of. <laughs> I mean, because right now I'm in the process of cleaning out my YouTube channel. Because I feel like it's, it's just full of uh, useless content creators. So I'm trying to make room for, um, you know, content that's beneficial to my life. At least, at least that's the plan. You know what I mean? So that's the plan. <clears throat> Are you hopeful for 2022 or will things get even worse as far as crime? Uh, Blackistan is going to be Blackistan. I think it's going to get turned up even more because the Looney Tune liberals are letting the Negro delegation just run wild and unchecked. So I think it's going to, the ratchet meter is going to get turned up more. And so if you, if you live in one of these areas where it's a whole bunch of wild Wakandans, I suggest your new year's resolution is to save up all your pennies and relocate to another area. And then once you relocate to another area, you know, do what you got to do to protect your uh, homeland. Not your homeland, but <laughs> do what you got to do to protect yourself and your household. You understand? Because Wakanda is going to get turned up even more. As a matter of fact, that's probably going to be um, the direction I'm moving in in 2022 as far as this channel is concerned. Um, first things first, I got to go buy a new chair. That's that's first thing I got to go do. <laughs> so I got to go spend money on a brand new chair. This thing is getting on my nerves. But uh, 2022, I'm probably going to start talking more and more about news stories, reporting on the crime, letting y'all know what's going on out there in the community. Um, I'm going to try to, you know, I might live stream once or twice a week. I don't know if I got the time, but. I think I'm going to get away from all this black mental sphere talk because um, it's just like circular arguments at this point. So. What's up? What's up? So that's that's part of my New Year's resolution moving forward um, as far as content creation goes and also making my other channel make it do what it do. Liberals are going to create a new crime bill to curtail the Wakandans. I don't know, man. I Listen, I've been thinking about that. I don't know if that's going to be true. And the reason why I'm saying that is because this chair is getting my damn nerves. But the reason why I'm saying that is because um, 
I think we got a different generation of white people out here. These white folks today, they're not like the same white people of yesteryear where white folks were in favor of uh, trying to get a crime bill passed, even though the whole initiative to get the crime bill passed is really uh, started by black folks, right? Uh, if you go back and check the records, you had a lot of black folks back in the day, religious leaders and everybody else who were the main, uh, the loudest voices on the block who were advocating for a crime bill, which is understandable because of the whole crack epidemic that was going on and the crazy crime that was taking place and all that stuff. But these white folks of today, these white liberals of today are super uber liberal where they they basically just feel sorry for black people in every you know every way imaginable you know what i'm saying to the point where they're cool with letting black folks just kind of do what they do you know what i mean so i don't i don't think we got the same white folks running around here today we got a bunch of uh white folks that want to throw pacifiers in black people's mouths that's what we got that's what we got going on today. You understand? <sighs> the last stream was great with the crazy religious guy ranting. What last live stream? What are you talking about? Had a religious guy talking on my live stream? What video was that? Hmm. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, you talking about the dude that was in the comments? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know you talking about. Um, uh, what's his name? Bishop Eddie, that guy. Yeah. Um, you know, he, you know, he's doing. He was doing what he do. You know what I mean? He was doing what he do. You think the crime bill will help lower the violence in the stand? No. <laughs> there ain't gonna be a crime bill, Cyrus. We got to understand some things. There is not gonna be a crime bill. It is not popular to lock black people up from the uh, from the liberal perspective. I mean, they don't want to lock black people up. They feel like it's slavery and hindering black folks. So there ain't going to be no crime, <clears throat> crime bill. I think those days are gone, man. I think we're just going to enter an era of uh, more and more crime and more and more policies coming out to let criminals be criminals. These white folks of today, these youngins are not like the older white people. It's just not, it's just not how it's going to work. You know what I mean? But regardless of all that, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the crime moving forward in 2022. I'm trying to do more news stories. Um, I want to get away from talking about black metal sphere content and the woes of me and the woes of the gender war and relationships. I'm, I'm kind of not interested in that stuff that much anymore. I mean, um, so I'm going to start talking about some news that you can hopefully use, you know, to enhance your life or avoid certain people in places, you know, just kind of talk about what's really going on. Stuff that is more than likely going to impact you other than the, the boogeyman white supremacist. Yeah, I saw that he got arrested. I think he failed like a drug test or something. You know, stuff like that. This this kid can go in there and shoot a student. He shot a teacher. He shot another student. And I think he grazed another one. And being that when they found out he was black, it wasn't national news. You know what I'm saying? 
And then it was like, oh, it was just a fight gone wrong. Had it been a white kid, oh, God, we'd be hearing non-ending speeches about gun control and racism and white supremacy all day long. But being that it's a black person, this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. You can literally go up to a school and shoot up two or three people and people act like it didn't even happen to where they let you bond out the same day. You go home, get you some uh, some Popeye's chicken. Well, I mean, which he literally did. He literally had a party where they were celebrating with Popeye's chicken. And uh, now he's rearrested again for uh, failing a drug test or something like that. This is uh, this is black privilege. I know I know a lot of y'all don't believe in that concept, but I think y'all need to start coming to terms with the reality that black privilege is probably uh, becoming more and more of a real thing. Especially when you can do stuff like that. What's up, Royce? I'm going to drop this link. Anybody want to come up here and talk? It's uh, the day after Christmas. Hopefully you guys got everything that Santa Claus, that you told Santa Claus that you wanted. You've been a good little boy or girl. And if you didn't get everything that you wanted, then, you know, hopefully you get it next year. I don't know. But me, I got, let me see, my wife bought me some uh, some clothes. That was it. Um, my son, my youngest son, he got, uh, what do you call that thing? The Nintendo... What do you call that little that little video game thing all the kids have? The little handheld Nintendo system. What is it called? My son got one of them joints. He got a brand new bicycle. And he got some, some sneakers and some clothes, my youngest. And then my oldest, he got, what did he get? I think he got some shoes and he got some money. And uh, my wife, she got one of those Versace bathrobes. Yeah, the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. But my wife got one of those Versace bathrobes. So daddy, I just got I just got me a couple shirts. <laughs> that's it. Couple shirts and, and some meals. My wife was in there whipping it up. So that's that's all I get these days. I don't get nothing significant. I'm not tripping off it. I'm just not. I'm not like a very materialistic dude like that. I have a hard time figuring out the stuff that I want to buy for myself half the time. You know what I'm saying? So I know it's a struggle for people to shop for me when it's a struggle for me to shop for myself. Cause I just don't, it takes me forever to make my mind up on certain things that I want to buy. So, but hopefully y'all's Christmas went great and we're going to roll into the new year. Y'all going to set y'all resolutions and y'all are going to go out there and become great, wonderful people with your lives. You know what I mean? You're going to go out there and you're going to accomplish all your educational goals, your professional goals. You're going to go start that business. You're not going to be on YouTube talking about you got an LLC, but you don't have a legit business. No, you're going to actually create a legit business that has a legit product or service that you sell and market to people and they buy. And then you're going to go through the motions of getting your LLC and setting up your business bank accounts and getting all the other things set up that you need to have a fully functioning business. That's, that's what you're going to do in the year 2022. No more talking about LLCs when half y'all don't even know what LLC stands for. So we're going to go through the motions of doing those things. You understand? That's what you should do. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Manosphere LLC. So um, that's what you're going to do. We're all going to go to the gym, even me. I'm going to start working out again, taking it more seriously. 
Uh, I even I went and found my vegan, my my southern cooking vegan cookbook. There's one black female YouTuber. I bought it from her like a year ago. Dibbled and dabbled with a couple recipes. Now I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and try it out. See, make it do what it do. But we're all going to go out there and be prosperous in the year 2022. That's what's going to happen. All right. Let's see. Um, what is this? Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's what we're going to do moving forward, y'all. Um, no more YouTube beef. I'm trying to leave that alone. I'm going to stop clowning people. I'm going to try. It's kind of hard, but I'm going to try. I know somebody put up a video of me today. Well, it wasn't about me. Uh, what's that guy's name? Aaron Fountain exposing the black manosphere. He put up a clip of me clowning this dude who was missing a tooth. Talking about he could pull more women than me, even though he was literally missing his front tooth. So I'm going to try to refrain from uh, making jokes about people. I'm going to leave people alone. Let them, let them live in delusional land. And if they go out there and they win, they win. If they don't, they don't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, clowning people is fun and entertaining, but I got I to gotta leave it alone, man. Some, some of these people, it's too easy. The jokes are too easy. So I'm going to let people live and, and do what they do. You know what I mean? If you haven't seen the clip, Go watch. I put it in my community tab. So, dude, I, I don't remember what his name is, but he, he came up on there when I was a little big. Nate asked me to come on his channel. Well, he summoned me, I should say. I get up there. This one dude comes on the panel talking about he uh, wants to bet me four hundred dollars that if we go to the mall, he can pull more women than me. And so I'm listening to this and I'm watching him talk. And your man's is literally missing his front tooth the entire time. I'm just like, are we really sitting here having a conversation about who can pull more women? And you literally have a tooth missing out of your mouth. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I was just like, wow, the, the audacity of some people. <laughs> the nerve of these Negroes, as C Boogie would say. So I had to had to had to light them up. But you know, I'm I'm a I'm a refrain from doing that. I'm going to be a better man in 2022. I'm not going to clown people missing teeth. Even though I have all my teeth and I pay pretty good money to make sure my teeth are beautiful. See, see these teeth? I pray. I pay pretty good money to make sure my teeth are beautiful. You know what I mean? My teeth, my wife's teeth, and my kids' teeth. But those of y'all who have horrible dental insurance or no dental insurance or you don't understand the concept of brushing and flossing twice a day. I'm going to leave y'all alone, man. I'm going to let y'all, you know, go through life and figure some things out. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let y'all figure some things out. Hopefully y'all will come to terms with, you know, with whatever it is you need to come to terms with. You know what I mean? But I believe in nice teeth. You know what I mean? As you should. So that's what I'm going to do. Thank guys listen to that guy for relationship advice. Look, I, I'm not giving out no relationship advice. I'm not even talking about people who give out relationship advice. Because I've noticed dudes that give out relationship advice in this space that's been doing it for a hot little minute, a lot of them still ain't got no woman. So I don't understand how any of that works in the real world. But 
I'm going to let dudes rock out and do what they do. You know what I mean? And I'm going to let y'all, the, the, the audience, I'm going to let y'all go ahead and follow who y'all need to follow. And, uh, you know, get your advice from whom you feel like you need to get your advice from. But I just say, from, from a personal perspective, I just think it's a, a tad bit weird to be taking relationship advice from a bunch of people that aren't known to give you evidence that they are in a relationship. I'm just saying. But you know, that's just how I that's just how I see things. Hold on. We got somebody up. Hold on. What up, homie? You hear me? I can't hear you, man. You can't hear me? Uh, oh, okay. I can hear you now. I can hear oh. you now. What? You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, what's up, man? How, how, how you been? Man, I, hey, Merry Christmas, first of all, man. I, I've been chilling, man. Been uh, working and uh, getting ready to retire. You know what it is. Yeah. When when you uh, so what's, what's when's that supposed to happen? When the retirement supposed to happen? Um, I pulled the plug on the military back in October, so um, I'm done with the with the man's army, and then uh, I'll be done with the uh, with the full time gig in June. Oh, okay. So, so for those of y'all don't know, Royce J, me and Royce J go all the way back to 2002. We were in basic training together in the same platoon, and our bunks were right next to each other. Like that's literally how far he and I go back. And we reconnected years later through this YouTube channel, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> it was crazy because I, I remember. I think you were sub to me before I started showing my face. Yeah. And then I started showing my face and you sent me a friend request. I looked, I was like, I know this dude. <laughs> Cause you know, I got, I got a, I got a, I, I suck at memorizing names, but I'm real good at remembering faces. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, I know this dude. This dude used to be in basic training with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. So what, what are the benefits of the military, man? That I mean, was it worth it? You did 20-something years. I only did 13. Did you feel like it was worth it? Um, in, in, in some respects, uh, definitely. I think uh, that uh, for what I was looking for as far as uh, leadership training um, and, and the experiences, absolutely. Um, I think... Looking back at it, I would have did things differently. I would have just did six. <laughs> going, going, going back, because all the real benefits that you need, you get within them first six years. So why'd you end up doing like 20? Like what happened? Um, well, the 20 was a strategy which um, gave me uh, the uh, full coverage insurance. Yeah. So... Uh, I did the 20 because I know once I retire from the full-time gig, um, I was going to have to pay like two grand a month in Cobra. Yeah. You, do the, you do the 20 years, you covered insurance wise. So that was the, that, that was the strategy for that as well as making sure um, I left with a uh, pension as well. I was like, well, since I'm going to be doing this anyway, I might as well do the 20 years get a pension out of it, get the insurance out of it. 
because um, it, it was basically a financial strategy. So, you know, um, so now I have multiple pensions. Um, I have the, the, the insurance coverage. Um, I have the veteran status, uh, the disabled veteran status. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the uh, college and everything paid for and stuff. But the bulk of that stuff, um, I could have got within the six years. Yeah. So. Yeah, I ended up staying in. Um, I was only supposed to do five years, but mm-hmm. I ended up meeting my wife and we had a baby. And so yeah. <laughs> that kind of yeah. changed things. I was like, I remember that my ETS date was coming up. I was like, oh man, I can't can't really afford. I, I can't really afford to get out right now. I got a this kid is a little bit more expensive than I thought. I already got stable income, so I re-enlisted. And then let me see, I re-enlisted again in that was my first one. Then my second reenlistment when I was downrange in Afghanistan, I was plotting on getting out after that deployment. But then I came back and reenlisted again because I, I just wasn't like mentally ready to get out. I was basically I was institutionalized. <laughs> you know uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was institutionalized. I got comfortable. I just I was I was a little scared to get out, and I just didn't know what I was going to do. But um, finally, I ended up getting medically separated. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then I was like, "The hell with it." But that medical separation was probably the best thing that happened to me because, like I said, I get all the same benefits as a retiree. I'm just not—I just don't have the the classification of being retired. So, right. So when I die, there's only going to be a three-man team coming to my funeral to fold the flag and <laughs> salute. But I get the health care, I get the discounts, I get everything. You know what I'm saying? Right. 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 It, you know, it, ultimately, it was a strategy, and, and, and the strategy worked out for you. Um, you know, and, and that's basically what it's about. And um, it, it, it's really a game of playing uh, chess to checkers, which is most appropriate for what you want to do. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I just tell these young guys going in, man, just have have a plan for what you want to do if. If the plan is to do 20 years and there's nothing wrong with that, um, do everything you got to do to make rank as quickly as you can so that you can make as much money, whether that means, you know, you go up the enlisted side, warrant officer side or the officer side. If you want to be in for 20 years, do whatever it is, you know, keep uh, keep a clean record for your four or five years in so that you can uh, take advantage of all your benefits once you get out. Because when I got out, I was running into soldiers who only did a couple years in that were ETSing, and a lot of them were getting out. They just had no clue what they wanted to do. They didn't take advantage of none of their benefits. And I'm just looking at them like, you know, first of all, your leadership failed you. They should have told you about this, or you should have learned this in the ACAP process. And some of them did, and they just didn't care. And then a couple years later, some of them hit me up, was like, how do I get my, my VA benefits started? I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm running into people like that too, man. Um, um, I don't know what it is, man. It's like it ain't real until uh, it, it until it's real, and then you know, people they want to ask the questions to um, somebody they know rather than to ask the questions to the experts on. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, I'm running into that right now. I just ran into. Uh, you remember when I was telling you about that wedding I went to, and mm-hmm. and, and and old girl was uh old girl was there trying to, 
you know, trying to cozy up to my dad. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, somebody um, that I that I deployed with on my second deployment was there and was talking about how uh, was trying to figure out why they denied their why their benefits got denied, and I was like. Um, they told us how to do that when we SRP'd out, when we processed out, coming back, they they gave you all of the rules. And it's like you waited until damn near 20 years later to try to figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that didn't make sense to me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then um, I ran into my battle buddy, you know, uh, that uh, – you know, like how you and I was in the same platoon and, and, and our bunks is right next to each other. It was the same thing with this dude, you know, um, um, on, on my last deployment, we spent literally two years living next to each other. And uh, he was like, hey, uh, hey, man, they, uh, they denied all my stuff. I was like, dude, well, first of all, you didn't go down there within that five year window like they told you because yeah. you got a five year window. You know, um, and I, I said, you didn't do that. And then you didn't call me and have me do buddy statements and stuff like that. You didn't listen to nothing that they told you or that I told you. So, yeah, they're going to deny all your stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, which you got to take advantage of that stuff, man, in a, in a timely manner. Because, yeah, I mean, that's just the way it is. Like, like I said, when I was going through the med board process, like I didn't know anything about the whole medical discharge or nothing, but I had ran into a couple of people that were schooling me up on the game. Even my first sergeant, mm-hmm. um, this white chick, uh, she was probably listen. This white female is probably the best uh, uh, leadership I've ever had, right? Because um, she was only my first sergeant for like for like my last year in the military. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't really get to know her, nor like you know previous first sergeants, but. Anyways, she found out I was getting medically separated. Oh, dude, she opened the floodgate. She just told me the whole game because her husband was in and he yeah. had got medically separated. And she was like, do this, do this, do this, do this. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and do what this white chick is telling me. Oh, that shit worked out beautifully for me. <laughs> yeah. Like a zombie. Because I, I never had nobody tell me this before. But, man, she put me on so much game. And then I used her later on as references. Like, she would drop me. Um, She was writing me letters, uh, reference letters. When I was going out there looking for a job. I mean, she was like, like just a hella supportive. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that that's awesome, and, and you really don't find that that kind of leadership a lot. You know, uh, especially getting out and after you get out. You know, um, so that was that that was very uh, big of her to do that, man. You know, so yeah, yeah I'm I'm going through the process right now. Uh, getting all my stuff taken care of with the VA. Um, you know, like I told you before, um, I'm sitting at a 70. Um, and uh, I just had a couple of uh, um, C&P exams. And so I fully expect to at, at least hit 90 um, sometime within the coming year. And, uh, you know, if everything worked right, uh, I can get as close to a hundred percent as possible, <laughs> but uh, it, it's it gets harder the higher you go. Yeah, ninety's cool, man. Um, you looking at like like twenty two hundred dollars tax free, bro? Yeah, yeah. My wife is at ninety right now. Oh, yeah, I said my wife is at nine. I'm at ninety. 
I'm yeah. at 90 and my wife is at 90. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's like, decent. Because if, you know, if I can get 100, I can get, uh, there's some other incentives that come with it, but I'm like, yeah, I think I'm cool at 90. <laughs> dude, dude, uh, for, for, um, us living in Florida, man, um, we hit 100. It's, it's going to be sweet all the way around. <laughs> my uncle, he's at 100%. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he pays any property taxes on his. Nah. Nah. I'm not sure if there's a caveat with that. I mean, you got to be like totally disabled or something like that. Or... Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so um, 100% total. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, I'll send you what I have on it um, offline mm-hmm. and stuff. So, um, so you can know what that is. And, you know, that stuff I sent you the other day about that yeah. um, legislation, get on top of that. You know, I mean, would that count that qualify for me? Yes. You were in, you were in, um, you deployed over there to Iraq, uh, one of those deployments, right? Well, first time I was in Kuwait, I wasn't in Iraq, but I went to Afghanistan. Kuwait is cool. Kuwait, you you good. You good. Hmm. See, I thought thought that was in reference to the first Gulf War back in the 90s. No. Oh. No. (laughs) Dude, you got to read the whole thing, man. That's why I sent it to you. Okay. Yeah, that's why I, I mean, said yeah, I you. saw it. It just said Gulf War. I was like, I was the, I was in middle school back then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, with the Gulf War that extended from 1991 till right now. And uh and the areas are Kuwait, Qatar, Iraq, by um I think Bahrain, um uh all of those places. So, uh it it counts, you know, and then uh, you make sure you get on the burn pit registry because if you were in Kuwait and if you were in Arifjan, you remember how you came in and out the gate at Arifjan? Mm-hmm. You know the burn pit was right there. The burn pit was up. The burn pit was up forward to the left. I remember because I had to work the burn pit. <laughs> yeah, I remember going through the gates. I remember. Yeah. Going- but I was always on a bus or a van, you know, driving in it because I wasn't actually at Arab Jump. My battalion was there. Yeah. I was at Camp Virginia. Okay. We, but we stayed going to um, Arab John all the time. I Y'all just, had a burn pit at Virginia too. Yeah. Yeah. We did. I, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So make sure you get on the burn pit registry, get the examinations and stuff. Like if you got issues with breathing, you got a CPAP. Yeah. Are you rated for the CPAP? Yeah, that was part of my medical thing. Okay. All right. All right. So uh if you have any other issues like uh like really bad allergies, if you got IBS, if you got um arthritis, um basically anything that you ain't rated for and you can't explain any other way of why you got it, yeah. that's you're gonna you're gonna uh file for the unexplained in uh unexplained illnesses yeah. and then as a primary and then you file with for those conditions as a secondary mm. wow. and, and stuff we'll, we'll touch bases offline and um i'll i'll uh give you a little more information on it um on how to get that done so you can file for it because uh that man, all you need is another five points. Yeah, no, that's, you know, that's <laughs> right, right. 
and that that opens up you know uh, uh, uh that op- that's a big deal yeah you know um and see how the va math works is that uh the closer you get to 90 um for whatever percentage of 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 a workable of a workable person like your body is a 100% workable body before you come into the military every time you get a rating that's a rating against uh what um, a, a workable body. So if you come in at a hundred percent healthy person and you get a 50% disability. Mm-hmm. So now that remaining 50%, any ratings you get after that is going to count against that. Um, that 50% is considered to be, um, a, a, a whole 100% workable body. Mm-hmm. So that's why the math gets uh, closer to close. But that's why the math, that's why it's harder to hit 100% the closer you get to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, actually there's a dude on YouTube called Combat Craig. He breaks it down real simple how that math worked so that uh, you can understand that that's why you got to file for everything. Even if you think you ain't going to get it filed for that shit anyway. Yeah, we got we got a dot G. He says he's on holiday leave from basic uh, basic training right now. Um, so listen to this a dot G. I don't know how long you plan on serving, but don't be scared to go to the TMC and and document your little injuries. Because when I first came in, it was it was shunned upon. Yes, and we you know we didn't want to get looked at as the weak soldier, be a profile ranger, but. I think after about, let me see, when I came back from my first, when I injured, no, I injured myself in airborne school initially, uh, jumping out of an airplane, and I landed the wrong way and caused like a compression up my spine. But I was like 23 years old, you know, 23 at that time, you're like, fuck it, I'm just going to run through it. You know what I'm saying? I did. You know what I mean? But man, I went, I remember when I went overseas to Kuwait, and I, we had this, this uh, I had this platoon sergeant, sergeant first class young, sergeant first class young was a, an ex-college football player, right? So just imagine you were just a big, swole, cock diesel dude for no damn reason who would go to the gym for about an hour and lift weights before PT started. Then after PT, he would go for another 30 minutes and lift weights. So he was just one of these ridiculously muscular dudes for no reason. Anyways, during the PT session, we were doing the leg throws. He was throwing my legs. Man, this, this nigga threw my legs so hard to the left, bro, that... I couldn't even bend over to put my boots on later on that morning. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Literally. And then if I want to talk to somebody, you know how you talk to somebody, you turn your head. I had to turn my whole body. And then somebody was like, what's wrong with you? I was like, oh, man, I was working out with Song First Class Young, man. And, dude, I can't put my damn shoes on. My back is on fire. But that was like, that was like the, that, that started, that, real, that officially started my decline in the military right there in terms of me getting ready to get medically separated. But, um, but it was also at that point around 2000, because this happened like 2006, 2007. It was also at that point I made it my mission to go to the doctor every chance. Every time I got an injury, I was at I was at the damn TMC. And so you go look at my medical file, man. My medical file is like this thick, bro, just this super thick. I just stayed going. I was like, look, I don't missed about four years of this crap uh, pretending like I'm not hurt just so I don't get yelled at. Like the hell with this. I, I'm going to live up in there. But. 
anyways, that helped me out when it was time for me to get medically separated because I had like a shit ton of stuff to submit. And uh, that pushed me right up to 90. I couldn't get the 100, but it pushed me up to 90%. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, with, with that stuff I sent you, um, hopefully that'll get you to 100. Like, um, if you have any bad allergies, if you have any, uh, any difficulty uh, breathing and stuff through your nose or asthma, anything, mm. you're going to file that. You know? I wonder if there's something for Africa. Were you in Afghanistan? Yes. Uh, where, where were you at in Afghanistan? Uh, Kandahar province. Oh, so you, you've been to CAF. I was yeah. out. My unit was out at CAF as well. I want, is there any provisions for that? Because did you ever do PT near the airfield and have to yeah. suck up all them jet fumes and oh, yeah, yeah, jet did, and all that crap? The jet fuel exposure. Yeah. So um, I believe there is a presumptive for that. I'll look it up um, because that's what I'm working on my wife um, for right now, which is the jet fuel presumptive. And um, I do believe that there is something with that. So um, I'll send you what I can find. Mm. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll figure that one out. Um, right now, she's going through her stuff right now for uh, jet fuel exposure presumptives because she was out at uh, K.I. Sawyer out there in Michigan. She worked right on the flight line. So, mm -hmm. you know, she was working with all that uh, that that uh, super secret space ghost spacecraft out there. So, <laughs> you know. So I was just wondering because I was like, I remember when I first got the calf, they made us do a PT test. I was like, they really got us out here doing a PT test next to the flight line. Yeah. Like I'm I'm smelling all these jet fumes. I'm just like, how the hell is anybody supposed to do PT out here? Like, what, what kind of craziness is this? It's like there's gotta be something with it, man. But yeah. yeah. Now when I was out there, um, after I came from um, after I came from basic, um, I came from basic in September and October. That's when I was in Afghanistan. <laughs> Oh, you went, damn, you went, like, early, early. Yeah, yeah, I was a part of that uh, Operation Iron Horse out there, so, you yeah. know, that, uh, no, it was Operation Red Horse. What am I talking about, Iron Horse? Yeah, so I went there immediately for no damn reason. <laughs> I ain't, I didn't touch down until 2010. Yeah. Well, I thought, I thought I was going to die the first day I got there. <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> shit, you had a you had a nice ride, man. I was there. It was nothing there but rocks. No. Nothing yeah. there but rocks and, and Humvees and Joes and stuff. We uh we set up a lot of that stuff. We set up we helped set up Camp Ghost Rider there at the time. Um and a and a couple of other camps. Um and then uh we did six months there. I came back and thought I wasn't gonna go to uh to uh iraq at first we were supposed to go to turkey but mm -hmm. um I, I thought i wasn't going i was like i'm good i did six months in theater they was like no guess what <laughs> you didn't do a year <laughs> you get you going on this deployment with us mm -hmm. so yeah yeah so I, I i caught i caught it twice um in that time and then um after that second deployment i was like man i'm not doing either one of these shits no more <laughs> Did, did two deployments yeah back to back damn in 20 wow yeah um two um in 2002 and then 2003 um i was part of the initial push man you know we we hit we hit 
um, Kuwait and Iraq in March of 2003. Yeah. I remember I got to my first unit after because I thought – when I got to my first unit, I thought I was going down range immediately. Like that yeah. was all it was telling us. I never went. They they just never they never called my number to go. I was like, well, and I'm I'm here. With, I remember watching the news every day and all the explosions taking place. And then finally in 2006, they sent me to Kuwait, mm-hmm. and it was like, hey, you going to this unit, the 519th uh, signal, but uh, signal company. Yeah, so not there. My unit had just got back from Iraq like the week before. Mm-hmm. So they ended up, I ended up just being in Kuwait the entire time, even though the, the, I was literally at the border. Because, you know, Kent, Virginia, to get to Iraq is literally like a 20 minute drive. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, when they were in Iraq, they were in the green zone. Mm-hmm. And so I, asked them, so I was like, what's, what's going on out there? And they telling me, they, 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 I think they was in one of Saddam's palaces. And they say, man, they was out there having barbecues and parties all the time out there. So basically, all the stuff I saw on the news that was scaring the hell out of me, it was like, man, yeah, we had that going on, but we was also getting it in out there too. I was like, damn, I want to be in the green zone. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Yeah, man. Hey, I'm gonna tell you. Um, yeah. Oh, that was Uday's palace. They was probably at. I, yeah. I was there when um when the 82nd Air- Airborne handed it over to the Marines. And the Iraqis lit that motherfucker up, man. Excuse my language. They they lit that joint up, man. And we got pent on a on a on a wall because uh, they were sending mortars over the over the over the wall and stuff, trying to you know um, trying to mortar us in the palace, and it was a hot mess. <laughs> that was crazy, man. That was that was this long fourteen day uh, mission we had. And uh, man, that was the longest fourteen days of my life, man. And that was uh, that was north of uh, I want to say that was. I know it was on the Tigris, and it was north of uh, of uh, Biop. Mm-hmm. You know, you you remember what Biop was, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That was um, uh, what was that? That was uh, Baghdad International yeah, Baghdad Airport. International Airport, yeah. Yeah, that was north of Anaconda and Biop and stuff, man. And uh, that was like the longest. That was the longest mission I had ever been on. It was 14 days, but it was like a long, scary ass 14 days. <laughs> Man, our escorts got killed 30 minutes into the first mission. Uh they mortared the showers. Uh we got into a shootout at Scania. <laughs> we went to Toledo. Uh that's uh when they found the whole Iraqi Air Force buried up under the sand at the uh, airport. <laughs> was it Talil? I think it was. It was either Tikrit or Talil. Man, it's it's been a while, so I can. Hey, it was all kinds of nonsense happening, man, during that time. That that's that um, April of, of two thousand four. That's when. Uh, that's when it went bananas because from two thousand three, from like April of two thousand three to April of two thousand four. Mm-hmm. It pretty much calmed down. We would get shot at going either into the fobs or leaving the fobs and the camps and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't bad, man. April of 2004, man, it, it went bananas. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I didn't get to experience that, um, but I did experience some of that crap when I went to Afghanistan. Um, oh, yeah. I, I touched down at CAF the first day. We was getting off the plane. They, they told us to, to, to strap up. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. 
I'm thinking they finished just start lighting the plane up as soon as they open the door. But anyway, we walk into the terminal. Terminal was just littered with bullet holes all over the place. And then they take me to my barracks with my company area. We're like right next to the flight line. Then all of a sudden, that very first day, two uh two RPGs flew over the wall and blew up, not too far from where I was at. So I was, you know, so I thought I was gonna die. But then I was out there for like about three weeks, and then they sent me to another fob. It was called Fob uh, Wilson. It used to be yeah. called But anyways, it was ran by the Canadians before the the U.S. got out there. When I, I got out there, 10th Mountain was running it, and then 101st Airborne took over the fob while we was out there and. We stayed catching catching heat for I was out there for like six months or something like that. Non-stop mortars, pop shots, all types of crap, just all over the place. And then they sent me to uh up north to this other fob called Tarancout TK. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure where the hell this was because when I left, I left the fob on a damn helicopter. Yeah. I don't know what direction we was flying in. I just knew I was looking out the window and I saw nothing but mountains all over the damn place. And man, we got up there. I remember um, the first day we got there, nightfall had came. Outside the fob is like this little town. And next thing you know, all you see is these damn these damn tracer rounds flying in the sky, people busting shots. Basically, all the damn Taliban are out there busting shots, celebrating something going on. Right. <laughs> next thing you know, there's like these three Apache helicopters. It, it just came out of nowhere. I was like, holy shit. Dude, it was, bruh, it was some crazy stuff. But the the nonstop mortar, mortar attacks, the pop shots, dude, that was just like an everyday thing. And like I said, hey, you know, I'm talking mostly for those in the audience, but after a while, you just kind of got used to it. Like it was just normal life. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, you know, you you walk in. And walking around the fives and you see unexploded UX, you see the UXOs and stuff. First time you see them, it's like, oh my God, I could have died because it's like three or four feet away from you. Then after a while, after you've been there a few weeks, you walking past them like they don't even exist. <laughs> I remember I was walking to work one time to to the TCF, the tech control facility where I worked at, the little yeah. company. And I heard what I thought was like a, a Nerf football whistle flying over my head. Yeah. That's, that's the sound an RPG makes when it's flying over your head. Yeah. Anyways, this thing hit a T-wall probably about 200 feet away from where I was walking. And luckily it hit that T-wall because on the other side of that T-wall was somebody's sleeping quarters right there who would have got fucked yeah. all the way up. But yeah, man, it's, dude, it's, it's some, it was some crazy stuff. I tell you, the craziest thing was them damn Afghans. Like, Oh yeah, I didn't yeah. trust them as far as I can see them, bro. I mean, I, I just couldn't, you know, where they had me sleeping on the first base. I was sleeping in this uh this Alaskan tent directly across the street was the damn Afghans, and one of their tents stored all their munitions in there. And then one of them stupid Afghans, they decided to go outside and smoke a cigarette, and I think somebody flicked the cigarette in there, and dude, it started cooking rounds. For about two straight hours, <laughs> bullets flying all over the place. So I had to jump <gasps> out of my bed, put my Kevlar on, put my plates on, run to the bunker. As I'm listening to bullets just flying and whizzing all over the place, man, because they were just so freaking careless, man. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, careless is is pretty accurate in how to describe uh, the the Afghans. That uh, you would have to deal with day to day. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they they would do stuff, man, and you would be like, 
oh my god no wonder this place is like uh about a thousand years behind the rest of the world <laughs> now the thing about them on our on our fob every time that the afghans were supposed to go out there and do a mission if there was something going on with the taliban for some reason you can never find it they, they were never nowhere to be found yeah then you would hear explosions and people coming back to the fob whatever whatever so I, I just found that always interesting man but yeah i wouldn't trust it because i remember they used to drive around these little pickup trucks on the on the fob the, the dotsons yeah and they had like a stall mounted in the back of it right <laughs> they would be riding around with their finger on the trigger bro yeah they, they don't have paved roads out there hitting them rocks hitting and, them and, dips and, and yeah i'm just like so you look at them now and you look at the state of Afghanistan now, how easily that country fell. I tell people, I saw the signs of this 10 years ago when I was over there. I'm like, the moment yeah. leave, it is a wrap for these people. Cause yeah. bruh, their military is dude. I don't even know if you can call it a military. Cause even back then they just couldn't get right. <laughs> right. Yeah, man. They were, uh, they, they were something else. And we left all that equipment over there with them. No, oh, Jesus. We we left all that equipment over there. I was like, <laughs> and everybody, everybody stateside is like, oh my goodness, we left them a full military arsenal. I'm like, yeah, true, we did. But I'm like, dude, we're talking about that. Listen, I highly doubt they're gonna be flying around Apache helicopters and roll around in tanks about to just go invade the next country over Pakistan. I'm like, dude, I was over there with these people for a whole year of my life. They they don't yes they got a bunch of guns they they they're good at just shooting random shots all over the place, but other than that, dude, this is is useless equipment for the most part. They're not going to be able to do anything with it. Yeah, I I look at it like this: uh, if we're talking just strictly the Afghans and the Taliban, we don't have a whole lot to worry about. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is if you get like uh. The the, the, the the China right them or even if you get like uh the Saudis and the uh you know um the the Egyptians all, all of them um you know all of them from the dash yeah if you yeah. get them involved you're gonna have some pilots you know you you're gonna have some pilots and you, you're gonna have ooh. Mm -hmm. Are you still there? I think he may have went blank. I don't know where he's at. Royce, you, you tapped out. I don't know where you went. All right. Well, we, well we're gonna wait for Royce to get his. Uh, all right. I think his. I think his connection timed out. So thank you for your service. Uh, you know, I I just I just did what I had to do. It was a job. I didn't listen. I didn't go into the military trying to. You know. I didn't go into the military, Leslie, trying to be on some uh, some GI Joe. Uh, initially, uh, well, hold on, let me back up. Initially, Leslie, when I joined, I wanted to be on some GI Joe Rambo stuff, but after I got in, it just became a regular job. And this was just part of the job, you know what I'm saying? So I wasn't running around here. Yes, I'm a war hero. I'm dude. I'm just a dude collecting a paycheck, and my employer just happens to be the U.S. Army. <laughs> That's how I looked at it. I'm doing what I got to do so I get these benefits and go live a wonderful life after the military. That's how that's that was my mentality after a while. You know what I mean? Now, Royce, on the other hand, I don't know what the hell he might have been out there on some old 
some little Rambo stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, initially, um, no, um, because I was, um, you know, my wife was prior services, she was like, whatever you do, don't go to the infantry because you got kids. Mm. Um, and then, you know, while we was in basic and stuff and talking to uh, uh, DS Wilson and uh, and uh, a few other people, I found out, well, shit, the infantry is actually the safest place to be. Yeah. <laughs> I actually know? wanted to join the infantry, man. Um, that was actually what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into the infantry and I wanted to become a ranger. But uh, my yeah. uncle, he talked me out of it. And then when I was in airborne school, they were trying to recruit people for ranger school for rip for the rip program. Yeah. My MOS. I was like yeah. the, the pinnacle, probably the pinnacle of my physical fitness at that point. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. I, I did basic training, spent like six months in AIT running nonstop around Barton field. And then they sent me uh, to airborne school for three weeks, but they had me out there running five miles and like what we had to do five miles and like a, Seven minute pace or something like it was just some re- did yeah. You like school? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I went you couldn't fall out the runs or any of that crap. Couldn't so, fall out the runs, couldn't fall out a PT session. Had to do all your jumps. Pull-ups non-stop, airborne shuffling all over the place. I was like in extreme, ridiculously good physical shape. So yeah. we're like, we're looking for people who want to go sign up for rip. I was like, sign me up. Oh, we're not accepting your MOS. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, no, like make an exception, but you know, they didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are good days. Now I can't do none of that crap anymore. <laughs> man, man, I'm paying for it so bad. Man, I I, I had fun because um, you know, my my first MOS was uh I, I went in as a as an 88 Mike, and that's when I learned that uh uh you know, those deployments that, like, first of all, they're going to send you everywhere the infantry go because somebody got to drive them motherfuckers and take their stuff, <laughs> you know. And then it's actually safer because, it, you know, ain't nobody shooting at the shooters. they shooting at the delivery trucks, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so then, you know, I, I, I did what I had to do to get up out of that because it was easy at the time. Um, you know, it was, it was all about time. And, um, when I came back, uh, a lot of people had gotten out after the deployment. So it was easy to switch MOSs and stuff. And so, um, I did that for a little bit, went to, uh, went to rip, went to selection and that's when I broke both feet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, broke both of them joints at the same time. Uh, all I'm gonna say is morphine is great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, broke them. Uh, you know, went back to uh, went went back to an infantry brigade. Uh, then they stood up a combat engineer unit in um, Illinois, and they were looking for people because uh, they didn't have enough people to fill that unit. And so um, I went there, reclassed the combat engineer. And uh, subsequently retired as a combat engineer, hit the rank of master sergeant, and uh, you know, just retired recently. And I, the most fun I had was as a combat engineer. Man, I, I actually turned down um, promotions just to stay in that MOS because I was having so much fun. Mm. You know. Yeah, yeah, I imagine because there were. Um... I had a lot of opportunities to uh, switch over, go to a warrant officer or OCS. Yeah. 
because I, I had friends from college that were officers that were you know some of them were yeah. majors lieutenant colonels and they all had um was like yeah we'll write you a letter of recommendation blah 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 we'll always get the letter of recommendation i would always fill out the packet but i would never turn the packet in and one of the reasons why was because it wasn't because i was scared to go through quote unquote basic training again Dude, i was having too much fun as an enlisted soldier <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get it. What I did as a 25 Bravo computer guy, but at the same time, even I was making less money, but there were still things I could get away with and do because at that yeah. time I wasn't like fully much mentally mature, you know, as I, you know, nowhere near as I you know, currently am. But because there were just things that I could do that, you know, my friends couldn't get away with. Because I, I used to see some of my friends that was in college, um, we was all at Fort Gordon. Some of them were uh, first lieutenants and captains, and we would see each other all the time on post. Yeah, I would have to salute them and everything, but the people would be like, how do you know them? I'm like, man, I've been knowing these cats since we were like 18, 19. We all know each other, but they couldn't go to the club and get turned up like me. I go to the club, wild out, do all kind of stuff, but they couldn't. So, But that was one of the reasons why. And now looking back on it, I think it was a stupid decision. I should have switched over, but at the time, I was just having too much fun. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Well, for me, I made my mistake in trying to go to, you know, going to Airborne, Air Assault, uh, RIP, and then um, trying to go to Selection um, when I should have just went to Commission first. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the, the reason we were all at Fort Jackson was because we had college, you know, that, that's kind of. Yeah. I, you know, I, I never understood that, right? I'm, that, that Literally, I never, I never. I used to wonder, like, how come they sent us to Jackson and they didn't send us to Benning? It was because we because, all went to college? Because we all had college degrees. Really? I didn't. Dude, yeah. I never knew that was the reason how they decided who was going where. It, 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 all, was, uh, it all was your, uh, one, number one, it was uh, your, uh, your ASVAB score, your GT score. Yeah. I scored high as and, hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was all of that, and then it was uh, it was your your MOS. It was your feeder MOS, um, and then it was you know the fact that you had a college degree. That's how we all because there was no there was no way in the world somebody that came in as an eighty eight might should have been going to Fort Jackson when you had all look and remember all of those people. Majority of our people in our uh, in our platoon um, were in there for uh, like uh, uh, comms, yeah. right? Signal or or MI. You had a whole lot of MI people in there. Yeah, you know, you had MI. You had a geospatial engineer, which geospatial is uh, really hard. You know, um, that was the that was the virgin dude that looked like Shaggy. <laughs> you know, um, the white guy with the with the red head. You had the you had the albino white guy that slept with his eyes open. That was who who, who, who slept in the bunk under me. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you yeah. know, and um, and then you had the uh, the one that looked like Shaggy. He you know he he had this confession that he was a virgin, but he was a geospatial engineer. Um, he was going for geospatial. Which is a hard MOS uh, to uh, to get into, um, but everybody else was like, uh, you know, um, 
was comms or MI, you know, um, like, you know, real high speed stuff. So, um, you know, and then like uh, one of the other uh, platoons in there, there was, everybody there was 68 whiskeys, which is um, medics and stuff. And all of them had degrees, you know. So yeah, I legit never knew that. I, yeah, yeah. I used to wonder, I was like, Fort Benning is so much closer. Why are they sending me all the way to Carolina? I never yeah. knew that. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's what it was. You had all of the all of the people that scored really high on um the ASFAB, your your GTs and stuff was high. You know, um, that's why we always ended up there because I, I came in as an 88 Mike. There's no way in the world an 88 Mike shouldn't have went to Fort Leonard Wood. Mm. You know, Fort Leonard Wood had plenty um your all your heavy equipment people go to Fort Len Leonard Wood. All your mechanics, your engineers, your uh your, your your transportation, um, all of them, they they go to Fort Leonard Wood. They sent me to Jackson, <laughs> you know. So um, that that but that's how that usually goes. Like you and um, old boy, um, the old boy that was uh, in in that bunk with you, you two had the the you know the damn satellite, you know, yeah, um, high speed ass. His name was McCrary. I remember that dude. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, y'all had them high speed comms, uh, MOSs that y'all was coming in, you know, and yeah, majority we people going to um AIT together. Um, we were in the same battalion in AIT. I think he ended up getting kicked out of the military. Yeah, that's what you, hmm. yeah, uh, last time we talked about him, that's what you told me. Um, uh, you know, because hmm. he he halfway wanted to be um in the army and halfway wanted to be. Uh, you know, Dominican Sosa, the drug dealer. So I'm not surprised, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, as far but as far as the uh, the 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 commission or the warrant track, um, for me because I did all of that hood stuff instead of just going straight in the um, in, in the OCS or doing a, a direct commission. Um, I tried to do that hood stuff and ended up injuring myself. Um, and so um, I couldn't make it through OCS because I got 14 pins in my feet, <laughs> you know. So um, and then on the warrant side, they they don't they didn't have a warrant. I have four MOSs and all the warrant was the same. It was becoming a pilot. Um, and, you know, where I was from. It took. It literally took an act of Congress to go to uh, aviation school to become a pilot. So by the time they opened it up, because they got sued, um, I was too old. And then, uh, you know, uh, like I said, they didn't have any warrants other than that. But like right um, as I like right this year, they opened up a warrant for engineers, and I was like, "Oh fuck y'all, I'm getting out." <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, you know, I, it was like as I'm getting out, all of this stuff is opening up that, uh, you know, I would have loved it done when I was younger, but yeah. it was like, I don't know, I'm getting out. And then uh, I was doing some training um, with the MI company, um, some some real high speed stuff. And they tried to get me to come over there. But then they was talking about um, in order for me to do it, I would have to lose two ranks. 
wait to go to reclass school and then sit in that spot for three years before I can go take a warrant in MI. And I, at the time I was in E7, I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable. Um, I, you know, MI would be great, but you know, I, yeah, yeah I'm not doing all of that. Cause I, I know how, I know how it goes by that time. By the time you hit E7, you understand how the system works. Mm-hmm. You know, you understand um, what can go wrong, will go wrong. And so you know how to hedge your bets. And the safest thing for me to hedge my bet was to just stay in E7 as a combat engineer. You know, I, I wasn't going back to E5, you know, just to just to go to warrant, you know, just to maybe go to warrant. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Now, you know, so, when I was getting out, um, they had came up with a new MOS called 25 Delta. It was like cyber, mm-hmm. cyber security MOS, right? Oh, yeah, if I, yeah. If I had a, if I had to switch, if I had to stay in and reclass to be that, I would probably be a first arm or mass arm first arm right now because everybody that I know that switched over, that everybody, every one of us that was E6, damn near on the first look, they got picked up for E7. And then some of yeah. them right now, they went up. I know a couple people on my that were in there with me at the schoolhouse. They're master sergeants, and I know two females. They uh they just got picked up for sergeant major. So that would have been if I if I wasn't getting out. If I had to did that, dude, I probably I know I'd probably be a master oh, yeah. sergeant right now. <laughs> you know what I'm oh saying? yeah, easy. Yeah, you've been a master sergeant. Yeah. Easy. Um, the one of one of the places, one of the last uh, uh, brigades I was in. They did a real heavy push for uh, cyber, um, for, for, for that cyber MOS, uh, offering mm-hmm. to send people a straight track to warrant officer school and everything, yeah. you know. Um, and it was like, you know, you had to meet like uh, uh, you had to meet a certain age requirement and stuff like that. And then you had to give up so many years um, to get in there. But it was, uh, you know, the push was big. Um, they were all the certifications are uh, certifications you can use outside the military. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, it was and, it, and the bonus was ridiculous. You know, um, that was one of the uh, that and a bonus for uh, doctors were some of the biggest bonuses I've seen um, in my time. And, and so, uh, you know, I looked at it. But again, I was too old for that. So, you know, I, I, I didn't, I, you know, I was too old. I was too old for the waivers, you know, yeah. cause I came in, you know, I came in late. I, I was, I was grown. Uh, I was, I was real grown. It was you and that white dude. Remember that white dude? Yeah. There was a white yeah. dude who was, um, who had Jersey. Served. yeah, he was yeah. like, he was like prior infantry or something like that. Eight years. And he, he was, was a, come back in. He, he was a drill sergeant when he was when he was on active duty the first time. <laughs> yeah, because I remember graduation. He had more ribbons on his stuff than the damn drill sergeants are. Right, just about yeah. like, like how crazy is this? But yeah, yeah, yeah he he was uh, he he was all he was all stacked up. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but um, yeah, I was old when I came in, and, and like every school I've been to, I was like one of the oldest dudes there. Except for when I went to combat engineering class, everybody was old in that one, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I was old, so none of the waivers. I was past a lot of the waivers, other than for like uh, warrant or OCS, 
And, um, you know, I was like, by the time all of that stuff came up, I was like 16, 17 years in. So I wasn't trying to do any of that stuff anyway, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, I had my opportunities to switch over too, but I was just, dude, I was having too much fun partying, drinking, hanging out. Just, I, I wasn't ready for, becoming a lieutenant or even a, a damn wobbly one and now all of a sudden i'm tasked with i gotta i gotta operate at a higher level of professionalism i'm like i want to go, I right. go get up you know what i'm saying like, right right because i used yes, to like i said yeah. i used to see my homeboy i used to see him all the time and he, he used to tell me he'd be like man i want to go out there and just wild out but bro they go they go I, it's, I'm, a, I'm gonna have hell to pay i can't i can't get it like you you know what i'm saying i'm like well it sucks for you but even though he was making more money, <laughs> right. he was making more money he didn't have to do none of the stupid stuff but he couldn't when it's time to have fun he had to really be on his p's and q's because yeah, he, he was had like, to keep that quarter between us. his cheeks yeah they, they they just couldn't wild out and have fun like us yeah. at that time i was about having fun you know what i'm saying oh yeah yeah i get it man see you know it would have worked for me because I was past all that having fun anyway, yeah. but you know, I, I tried to do all of that who are super soldier shit, and um, <laughs> you know, who who breaks their feet, who breaks both feet on a tree roof, hanging on a cliff upside down, <laughs> you know, yeah, man, that, that oddly enough, that's what saved my life, man. I got stuck in the tree roof. I was hanging upside down on the land nav course at night, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> blowing that whistle. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I never broke a bone, man. Like I said, when I when I landed, let me see, airborne school. I want to say it was my first or second jump, and I remember I was coming out the bird, and the sergeant major had his truck on the damn drop zone, and dude, yeah. I'm literally. On a path to landing in the back of his damn truck, and I just were <laughs> standing down there with his bullhorn. You better not land in my truck. So I'm over here trying to slip to the left. I, you know, I'm kind of freaking <sighs> out, right? Because you know, and, and what it was, it had rained the week before. So yeah, power week. It went straight to the bird, right? Yeah. It's still up, up that high, that high in the sky. You can see the dark. The you, you could tell the soft ground from the dry, uh, from the wet ground. I mean, uh, the dry yeah. ground, from the wet ground. But at that time, like I yeah. said, I was, was like literally looking on a path to landing in the back of his truck. So I started trying to slip to the left, slip to the right. And I hit this rough pack of, patch of dirt. So I got him yelling at me. And I'm trying not to land in the back of his truck. I forgot to do my PLF and I just landed with both my feet spread apart and just. Oh. I was on the ground for about a couple minutes. Like, oh my goodness. Am, am, I, am I paralyzed? Am I like, am I fucked up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody started yelling. I was like, "Well, fuck! I got to get through the rest of this class." It just kept going, man. Like I yeah. cannot get an airborne school, but but that injury yeah. haunted me. That I mean, that was the start of my, you know, me getting separated from the military. That injury right there. But when I was young, it was no thing. Go get you a couple pain pills, run through it. But later get on, that Motrin. I, yeah, I later on I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, "Bro, this shit like legit hurts." <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, my last jump. I did my last jump in 2000. What was it? 2016. And um, I, uh, the, we had the, uh, um, the T-22s. That's the new shoots with the nice yeah. toggles and stuff. Man, I'm, I'm watching all these. 
<laughs> I'm watching all these young cats run up out of their landings. You know, they weren't doing the, you know, the 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 the, the paratrooper role and none of that. They 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 literally came out of their landings running like this. So I'm thinking, okay, all right, this is gonna be easy. So I start drifting towards a tree and a porta potty. So I didn't want to hit the tree. I didn't want to get that blue porta potty juice on me. So you know, I'm trying to steer and, and, and toggle that shoot around and stuff, man. And I'm coming down hard because I'm an old fat man. <laughs> so I'm coming down hard, man. I hit that ground so hard, and I I, I felt my back go. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. I, I knew I heard I, I herniated like three discs yeah. on that last jump, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that's why I'm chubby now, ladies and gentlemen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, me too. <laughs> It's, it's, it's too, hard man. to work out when you got injuries like that. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, it is hard. Like, I go in there and I try to do like um, some squats or just something, dude. That's, I got to sit there and wonder if I'm able to get back up. Like, you know, sometimes it'd be on some crap like that. You know what I mean? But, yeah, that sciatic nerve be like, nah, man, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> you better go sit and get grab a bag of Cheetos and sit in front of TV because we ain't going. <laughs> I've been telling these dudes, they're like, oh, you big. I'm like, nigga, do you know what I was doing when I was younger? Man. Like, what are we even talking about here? But Hey, listen, for the audience who were in the military, G has already explained me and him were in basic together in the same platoon, in the, the, I think, damn near the same squad. We are bunks right by each other. I'm going to tell you, G was a uh, extended stick scale PT guy, <laughs> meaning that uh, whatever for his age, um, whatever was 100% um, for the event, like if it was push-ups, there was a, a, a top number, like maybe 90 push-ups for that event. Um, G was always over. It was always... If, if it was 92, I remember one time, I think G did like maybe like 103 push-ups. I was like, this motherfucker, really? <laughs> yeah, we was getting it in back then. Man, yeah, yeah. G was a, he was extend, extended scale in basic. Um, I was extended scale all the way till it came to run. I I couldn't run like G. I was, uh, I was know, in between the A and B group. You know, one time I ran nine laps on the PT test because somebody failed to tell me what lap I was on. And I what? still I did the nine laps and I ended up coming in still under. Let me see. I would back in when I first came in, I was averaging like 14 minute, two miles. But I went yeah. there when I took a PT test and I ran I ran an extra lap because somebody lost count. I didn't know what lap I was on. What? Um, I think I still ended up doing like 15 minutes or something like that. Like, wow. I was out there getting it is what I'm trying to tell you. Like I was like, yeah, mad ridiculous. Dude, I mean, we ain't ha- I ain't had no choice. One, I was like super motivated because I want the like I said, I want I want initially want to go into the infantry and become a ranger. And yeah. You know, even when I first joined basic training, I can do a couple push-ups here and there. I mean, I wasn't like totally out of shape, but I wasn't by the time I left that motherfucker. Dude, I was like, man, be shit. And then when I got the AIT, dude, they used to have us just running nonstop. So I used to run a group all the damn time. Like, then they knew I was going to airborne school. So it would always be push ups, pull ups. It was just nonstop shit, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was one of them dudes. He, he he was. I can verify the dude was in great shape. Um, we all were. We were all mm-hmm. some um, some monsters. Um, by the time we left basic, and then uh, we we signed up for like the dumb shit. <laughs> you know. You know, I I got a stack of scare badges. You know, when I when I would have my um, ASU. My my ASUs and 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 uh, you know my dress blues and stuff. It looked real sexy, but then you see how slow I get up. <laughs> you know, or it'd be a real cold day. We got to do something outside. They'd be like, "Man, Big Sarge out here hurting." Big Sarge, and you know, Big Sarge put his body through the ringer, man. So yeah, yeah. So but to all you kitties out there. Um, unless it's in you and you just got to be one of them guys, uh, avoid all that nonsense. You don't need it unless you're going to be a career military person. If you're a career military person and like you want to go to Ranger Bat, then yeah, yeah, you got to do all of that stuff that comes with it, that comes with the territory. But you know, you trying to be a four or six year wonder, you don't need all that, yeah, yeah, right, right. All right. Well, I'm about to get off this thing. It's been over an hour. I think my wife in there cooking dinner. I got to go in there and see what she's doing. But, um, yeah. So your Christmas went great, though? Oh, yeah, man. It, it You know, um, it had the all the kids were here, um, you know, um, from 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 the different states and stuff. We uh, had, a, a, you know, my daughter's getting married, so you know, oh, yeah. we had a birthday party for her fiance, and then we all went to the movie, saw the Spider Man movie, um, which you know, it, it was cool. Um, you, you know, they had uh, the, the talk, you froze up. Say that again. I think you froze, I don't hear anything, and you still kind of you still muted over there. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Is he about to come back in? Let's see. I see him back there. Hold on. Take it. it. Says your device is not connected. Oh, here you go. Right here. All right. All right. There you go. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. We we saw the uh the Spider Man. They, you know, it was pretty cool. They had Toby Maguire Spider Man, and yeah, which to me was the best Spider Man. You know, so you know, so but uh, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I know we. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I ain't, I ain't really do much yesterday. We just opened up some presents, and the wife went in there and cooked, and that was it. Now, yeah, somebody, somebody don't turn the damn heat on. I'm sweating up in this damn thing now. Yeah, like we live in Florida. I don't understand who be turning the heat on in my house. But Man, you, you know, some Florida jits. Y'all get cold easy. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, dude, it's literally like 70 something degrees out here. And I'm like, why am I sweating? Because somebody don't turn the damn heat on. I'm like, <laughs> but whatever. So, but I right, brought, I'm about to go because now I got to go see who damn turned the heat on because I'm sweating up in here now. Uh, All right, bro. All right, man. So I'm going to at you later, bro. All right, man. Happy holidays. Take it easy. All right, bro. Be All easy. Right, later. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully you had a great Christmas yesterday. 
I had a decent one. Well, I'm not gonna say decent. I had a great one. Well, my family had a great one. <laughs> um, hopefully, your New Year's is is uh, even better. Go out there, make those plans. Uh, try to be better than what what you were this year. You know what I mean, if, if you only made ten thousand dollars last year, try to make eleven. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like like, just try to be better than what you were last year. Try to avoid all the nonsense as much as you can. Or if you're going to participate in it, meaning watch it, don't allow yourself to get sucked up into it, which was some of the mistakes I made. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to avoid that crap. All right. Anyways, uh, I'm about to go. So y'all be easy out there and peace.